0: Hello, treasured women. Last week, we started a new series on kindness and transformation. If you haven't already listened to it, head over to my channel and listen, because today we're going to build off of it. And if you are new to my podcast, hi, my name is Karina Don Reed, and we're going to talk about binding the traits of God around ourselves so they become a part of us while reflecting Jesus. The Trumpets of Tears of Podcast is a biblical lifestyle targeting tool for shifting your mindset from the world's way back to God's way. Last week, we talked about our reflection and how it's unveiled and the fact that we need to radiate the presence of Jesus as we spend time in God's presence. It actually changes us. And I want to go back to that thought for a moment so we can build upon it. We have an unveiled face because we have direct access to God whose Holy Spirit is dwelling within us and therefore we are called to reflect the image of Jesus, taking on his ways which then refines our own personality traits. And It does take humility and surrendering to the Lord We have to be willing to let go of the things that we have embraced about ourselves because we need to only embrace the things of Jesus, not the things that the world has given to us that really are not ours. We need to look at ourselves with an unveiled face. Now I want us to pause there for a moment because I see this so much over social media as humans in general. We don't like to be corrected. And we have a hard time seeing our own faults. That means sometimes we misuse or we misquote scripture. and This is what I see on social media. We take one scripture out of context and use it in order to justify our own bad behavior. For example, Jesus overturning the money tables in the temple. I want to share this story with you because... When I posted on TikTok about being the loving hands and feet of Jesus, and that it's not our job to be judgmental or to correct others unless they're in our inner circle, and Holy Spirit has given us that green light to do so, I had this one woman make a comment on my post saying, that's not true. Jesus overturned money tables in the temple. Oh, misuse. (laughs) I replied to her comment that we need to take that behavior of Jesus into context, and then I private messaged her. So side note and godly leadership tip. I replied publicly because I've heard people using that excuse and that scripture for their own judgmental behavior. And if I didn't respond publicly, then others would say, oh yeah, Jesus did do that. And then this trend of misusing that scripture would continue, but not on my watch. (laughs) Since she posted publicly, I replied to her publicly, but not debating her comment. But I did it so that others could see that I didn't necessarily agree with her because there's more to the story. But then in private, I explained to her the importance of knowing scripture in context and knowing how scripture supports scripture and then i broke down the context for her see when jesus overturned the money tables he was just welcomed into jerusalem as the messiah for years the money changers had been doing business there and jesus didn't touch them the money changers being there wasn't a one-time or first-time occurrence that then jesus was correcting He just had palm branches thrown at his feet while people shouted, Hosanna. And this was the same week that he was going to be arrested and crucified. This was a statement that he was making leading up to his death. It was his time to make his presence known, to make his authority known. It was his time to publicly declare that he indeed was the Son of God as the Old Testament prophesied. So this gesture of turning over the tables in this moment, in this instant, was going to get him noticed so that there would be even more urgency for the Pharisees to arrest him so then the crucifixion could take place. This action was significant in putting the Father's plan into action because it was his perfect timing. This was not how Jesus treated people during his ministry. This was a one-time event that served a purpose in leading up to his death. So, unless you want to be crucified in a horrible way, don't turn over money tables. Do you hear what I'm saying? (laughs) In looking at the life of Jesus and listening to his teachings, it's all about being kind and serving everyone. Not just serving good people, but as we looked at last week, even being kind to the wicked. We can't take one action that Jesus did out of context so that our own bad behavior can be justified. When we become a student of our Bible, because we know the importance of learning to live as a Christ follower. We take the time to read scripture in its context so then we know how to apply it to our lives the personality traits of jesus are the same personality traits of father god full of love and slow to anger we see this in the old testament as well as in the new testament because god remains the same In Genesis 8-1, it says that God remembered and thought kindly of Noah and all the animals of the earth. So think about this, amidst perversion, amidst going to wipe out most of humanity, Father God is still kind to those who love him. And Noah wasn't perfect, but Noah loved the Lord and was obedient. And because we are called to be the reflection of Jesus, we must learn to be kind to others and to love, not just kind to those that we're friends with, but kind to those who even hold different values than we do. Keep in mind that true kindness means to be kind with an authentic heart posture. We aren't called to be 2 faced about it if we are nice to someone's face and then we turn around and say negative things about them to others that's being fake that's not being kind kindness needs to have a place in our heart here's what it says in proverbs 3 verse 3 do not let mercy and kindness and truth leave you instead let these qualities define you bind them securely around your neck Write them on the tablet of your heart. This word kindness in Hebrew is case and it means kindness towards God. It's a noun. And because it's a noun, that means it has a tangible thing. It takes up space. The scripture tells us to bind mercy and kindness around our neck, binding them around our neck, has great significance because in biblical times oxen were used to work the fields and in order for oxen to be used effectively they had to be yoked in a way where they could be controlled to go where they were supposed to go their master held reins that were attached to the yoke and that yoke was a very heavy wooden piece that was tightly wrapped around their neck there wasn't an option to disobey because if they did, first of all, it led to great discomfort, which was then in vain because they couldn't go their own way even if they wanted to. So the oxen learned to obey and to do as they were asked, being led by their master. This was common knowledge in biblical days, which is why the words bind them securely around your neck were used. It was an analogy that people could understand in those times. Now, because we are made in the image of God and his character traits need to be our character traits and we've already looked at the fact that he was kind and kindness is important to him so that he wants us to be led around by his ways of kindness. He's asking us to wear his yoke around our neck so that he can lead us around. And it's for our own protection. He doesn't want us to take any missteps. He doesn't want us to be led in a direction that we aren't supposed to go, which is why Jesus talks also about his yoke. He says in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace, and I will give you rest, refreshing your souls with salvation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, following me as my disciple, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, renewal, blessed, quiet for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. As we stop trying to do things our own way or the world's way, which are the things that hurt us. We can do things God's way, which is not only easier, but then brings blessings to us because what a blessing it is to feel the peace of Jesus and not feel stressed. What a blessing it is to know that it's God's job to maneuver us instead of us having to decide and find the way because we don't have to find our own way. We just have to be obedient to where the master is leading us. When we wear that yoke of Jesus, we will never take a misstep because he doesn't lead us into territory that we aren't supposed to be in. And let's be real, we can get ourselves into some sticky situations because we've done things our own way. Even when we speak words that we aren't meant to say, it can set off someone's hatred. Hatred. And then we find ourselves in a battle that God didn't ask us to fight in, which means that we will most likely lose. But when we trust God, and as he's leading us, if he's calling us to a battle, he will always equip us first. He wants to use us in a way that is going to bring him glory. And from an outside perspective, that doesn't always look immediately like victory. But you better believe that even in our obedience to be used by God, we already have the victory because he's in it and he's using it. How good is that? The more we can put on the yoke of Jesus, allowing the Lord to be the master of our lives and lead us around as he sees fit, the easier our lives will become because it produces a peace in knowing that our almighty God is in control of the path. We don't have to make decisions, we just have to be obedient. And that is so much easier. I used to serve on this church board where the pastor claimed to be spirit led, but he really struggled with actually being led in decisions by the Holy Spirit. Now, when it was praise and worship time, he was free and seemed to be spirit led. But somehow he turned that off when it was time for meetings or time to make decisions. It's almost as if he literally took that yoke off before he entered the meeting room. And then once the meeting was over and he was leaving, he'd put the yoke back on. It was really sad to witness. It was also a little bizarre. The yoke of Jesus doesn't work that way. The yoke of Jesus isn't a yoke of convenience or a yoke of showmanship. Every time we take it off, we are refusing his guidance. But when we ask the Lord to put his yoke around our neck, it means we submit to being guided by him. It means we're ready to listen to his Holy Spirit that will guide our every step that we have to commit to the yoke knowing that when it's on, we'll never be led astray. So when scripture tells us to bind kindness around our necks, we need to be led by being kind as God sees fit. We need to be kind to everyone everywhere in every situation. Otherwise, if we take it off, we're being led by our own free will and the ways that the world has taught us which isn't of God. And it's not in our best interest. So I want to encourage you commit to the Lord wholeheartedly, willingly take his yoke upon you. Let him lead you around by spreading kindness to all, letting him deal with anyone who may be unkind to you. After all, when Jesus is holding the reins of the yoke, his feet are free to trample the heads of serpents. So you focus on doing your job and let Jesus do his. God is just so good, isn't he? (laughs) Amen. And if you're a woman who's looking to be equally yoked so that you can let God lead, join my community of women all around the world. Go to my website, sign up for my newsletter, and join one of my events. We genuinely care about your journey through this life. It is our passion to walk beside you. Join us. Awaken your purpose. Be transformed. Until next week, God bless you.